Okay. Hello. Oh, hey. I was just um <laughs> I was like doing a mic test and I was talking to myself and then you popped in and I got scared cuz I was like, is that my voice? <laughs> How are child. you doing? Good. Child alcoholism. I was like, what am I forgetting right now before this started? I need a drink. I need ice. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking? Um, Grey Goose, Absolute Juice, Cranberry Juice, and Orange Juice. Oh, all the juices with all the nice, juices. A nice splash of vodka. Exactly. Or More generous. than a splash. Generous. No, I was going to say maybe a little generous, but it's, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Um, I am currently trying something new where I'm recording in my closet to see if it'll dampen the sound. Like you haven't been there long enough. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) I set you up. You really set me up for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I set you up. Okay. Anyway, uh, I like how the sound sounds. Um, You sound good. It's dampen and it's not as... Open. Why you? Why you gotta call it dampen? I don't it's, know how I feel about that word choice. Dampen. How do you feel about moist? I'm okay with moist. I don't know something about dampen and vocals. I don't know. I'm just. It's different. Dampen. It's a little different. Oh, so, okay. So, dampen in reference to the voice. The hmm. voice. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Hold on. I need to switch you in my ears. Okay. Okay. I'm also not wearing the shirt. Enjoy listening to this opening little bit. Yeah, You're talking about uh, yeah. alcohol, taking off my shirt, making jokes about you in the closet. <laughs> hey, folks! Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. With me, I have another special guest. Um, but and we're and we're here to talk about fraternities, mm-hmm. which I haven't talked about in a while. Uh, But before we get into that conversation, make sure you uh, follow the podcast on Spotify and subscribe to it on iTunes. And if you like a particular episode, make sure to share it on your social medias. All right. Special guest, do you want to take it over? I guess I can. Hello, y'all. My name is Terrell Couch. I am a fraternity story life coordinator at Boise State, but I'm also a proud brother of Phi Gamma Delta. That's how I got to meet Jalen. Um, and yes, I did say Boise State. I do live in Idaho. That's a whole nother thing. Um, but I'm super excited to be on this podcast. Oh, Terrell, <laughs> like that warms my heart because I think you're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mean per se. I just, I'm really good at backhanded compliments and making people earn their respect with me, but it's all right. It's okay. Okay. You got there. You did it. I did. I did. It was, (laughs) it was like hazing. It was not. It was not. I remember I was propping you up like you're going to be the president that's going to change the chapter. You're going to get them on the right foot. Now look at them. So Oh, just saying. I like that wasn't. Oh my God, you already started the shit. Okay, that wasn't my doing. That wasn't my doing. We'll get into that later, you bitch. Are we going through the family line here? Because I mean, like, there is a head uh, of the tree, there's a trunk of the tree. Those branches might have been a little crooked, but they they still came from somewhere. uh, Hmm. We're not going to talk about me right now. Don't try to attack me. (laughs) <laughs> what I want to talk about is, yes, your 
backhanded compliments, earning people's respect, etc. But you also are a scrapper. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, where did you where'd you get the scrapping spirit from? I'm an only child. I you always got to be able to protect yourself because you don't have big brother, big sister, little brother, little sister to back you up. So mm-hmm. you just you got to be ready for what might come. You got to step up when you need to. And I've just always kind of been that way. Um, and then if that's not enough, I was raised by some very strong minded black women who taught me independence and taught me that you don't have to show up for nobody, just yourself. You don't have to bite your tongue for nobody, just yourself. So with all of that, there there was really never a chance for me not to be scrappy, especially because I'm like 190 pounds soaking wet, maybe. So I just, that's just how I am. <laughs> That'll do it. You being raised by some, uh, you, what did you say? Strong Strong-minded black women. Strong-minded black women. That'll that'll do it. That'll do it. Do it. Yeah. I appreciate them. They helped me, as I mentioned, move to Boise, Idaho, and stay alive. As as they do, as as they always do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't know you were an only child. Yeah. I I don't know why I. So is do you think that's what motivated you to uh, join a fraternity? No. No, uh, um, a lot of people don't notice I'm an only child because they say my personality makes it seem like I'm a middle child or just the youngest. Um, but the, this is the reason I chose to join a fraternity. Let me backtrack. So I always dreamt of being a Q when I was younger. That was mm. the plan. That's where I was going to go. I grew up around the divine nine. My uncle, my great uncle was an alpha. Mm. Um, I have a couple sigmas in my family. So like I knew that I didn't want to be like them. I wanted to be acute. I love purple, favorite color. Decided to go to a predominantly white college. And um, while we had divine nines there, they weren't prominent. Mm. So I ended up getting involved in a lot of other things and making friends in other spaces and um, actually got turned on to the Caucasian side of Greek life <laughs> by some friends in student government who were recruiting me for another organization. Um, that fell through, and then lo and behold, two consultants from Fiji came to my campus to start a chapter at my institution. Um, and I was a little hesitant at first, but there was a lot of talk around building a legacy and leaving your mark and being able to create something. And that's what what sold me on joining the organization, the Fiege. We'll get into the Fiege as a, as a whole, you know, a little bit in the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But I, I, yeah, I just wanted to ask more about the only child thing because I didn't know that you were an only child. But now that I'm thinking about your your temperament, <laughs> why are we taking shots? I came here friendly. I was ready to just have a conversation I'm not, with I'm you. I'm not taking shots at you. 
Oh my goodness. My temperament, me I being am... scrappy. <laughs> I attacked you. I just, you know see, I'll, I always feel attacked though. So <laughs> you do. You really, that's just a default. You also always are attacked. So I don't feel Yes. Like, oh, like, okay. Thank you for acknowledging you that. that. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> <laughs> I know your brothers. I saw how they were and how they acted. It was like eat or kill or be killed and you just happen to be on that bottom rung of the totem pole <laughs> yes and this is like i like i just i wish i was more confront well i think i'm getting there i wish i was more confrontational to where like i could you know get into a fight at mcdonald's <laughs> for instance <laughs> Not an actual fight, but like verbal, like a verbal altercation, like and just hold my own and not be scared. But I don't know. I just, I, I, yeah, I don't. I'm just not like that. Well, I'm sure the story will come up later. I'm just saying, if people are walking across the street and you want to turn into a driveway like a bat out of bleep that word because censorship um don't hawk your horn at them because they had the right of way and don't be shocked when they give you a couple fingers and tell you to kiss a certain part of their side that's just how i am you can cuss (laughs) on here you can cuss on here i don't i'm trying to be like a little respectable until we get into like the meat of something and i'm like oh okay okay go okay Um, but yeah like you don't need to be i don't think you need to be confrontational i think especially working with you when you were president, I think you had such a great way of seeing both sides and trying to bring them both together Mm. where I'm not saying, I'm not saying my style of, or my approach to certain situations don't end in that way, but there can be some, um, some sense from the other side of, Oh, he's just egotistical because he thinks he knows what he's doing or, Mm-hmm. Um, just a willingness to engage in a different matter where at the end of the day, did it work out better? Eh, who knows? How did you tend to handle uh conversation when you were president of your chapter? Oh, depends on the situation. Um, there were times where I was extremely diplomatic to a fault and it drove me crazy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> There were times where I was a, a straight up authoritarian, and there's a, a story that I always share with my students now. Um, when they're struggling with those difficult conversations and how much power do I have, blah blah blah. Um, there was a time in my chapter where we had a serious conversation about our membership and who we were going to allow in, and um, some little pocket of brothers were kind of rallying up their base and saying, we don't want any more gay brothers. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I just pulled some parliamentary procedures stuff and forced them to either own that they were homophobic or move on. And at the end, was that the best solution? Probably not because I don't think they really, while they might have voted the way I wanted and I got my end result, I don't know if it resulted in them actually coming to terms with how hurtful some of the things they were saying in that space were. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of my tactics. And then there were times where I would just do things and say, fuck it. 
Yeah. See, like I said, as we got into the meat of it. Just <laughs> um, and that led to a different type of confrontation where I had gone from being extremely diplomatic to y'all have frustrated me to the point of no return. And mm-hmm. my chapter rebelled against me and tried to impeach mm. me. So like, Ooh. There's just a lot of push and pulls and things that you have to deal with. But yeah. Terrell, that's a juicy story. I swear I told you that story. Well, you didn't tell me they rebelled against you. Oh, yeah. Um, it wasn't due to the the new member vote. It was when we were chartering. Oh, okay. Um, as you're aware, because you are founding father yourself, Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a conversation that you have to have and a couple votes about if brothers actually make it to the end and mm, one brother, this, unfortunately you trust me, it's not that bad. Um, you probably are on the better side. Um, in our situation, there were a couple brothers, one of which was on my cabinet who did not make it to the end. Oh. And there was a lot of anger specifically because brothers didn't feel like they were heard. There was this committee that got formed that did this work behind the scenes and then told them what was happening. And they felt like they needed more um, connection to the process or more facilitation of the conversation. I'm like, I'm just following what headquarters was telling me to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they, after we revealed what was going on, they started a group chat. And we're looking through the bylaws and seeing what does it take to impeach a president? Because in their mind, if they could remove me, they could reinstate the other brother and life would just move on. Um, There there's the. Yep. 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 Um, That's and more. Okay. I have to ask. Go for it. Were they all white in this committee? In the committee that voted or the ones who were trying to impeach The one me? that were in trying to impeach you. <laughs> yes. Uh, that and that answers. wasn't, I will, I will be honest. That was okay. not, that was not the reason behind it. Okay. Granted, there okay. were some issues as I know we're going to talk about. There were some issues with race specifically <clears throat> in my chapter that mm-hmm. we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, their genuine issue was the fact that they felt why wasn't the committee the entire chapter? Okay. Like, Sorry. That's just not how it works. And they didn't like hearing no for an answer. And I think that was one of the moments where they felt they could challenge me. But it still is a little charged, ain't it? A little little charged. Also to the point that to this day, if you ask any of those brothers, granted they are graduate brothers now, what happened, they will swear up and down that Mm -hmm. they did not try to impeach me. There were no secret conversations. I was overreacting. I didn't hear everything. And then, Every time this happens, I pull up the screenshots because one of the brothers <laughs> that was that they tried to pull in to kind of get rid of me um, was my little. And he sent me screenshots oh. of everything that happened. So I'm like, I know what y'all were trying to do. Headquarters oh. called me and also was like, hey, we're hearing that brothers are trying to impeach you. What's going on? So, yeah, it was a fun time. I had my own little West Wing at one of my closer brother's homes we had a little chart of all of our brothers and we were writing like which way they would vote if we went to a vote. Oh Cause my God. I, I initially was going to step down. Um, I told, I called Duke, you, you know, Duke Murphy. Yeah, I called yeah. Duke and told him if it's between me and this group chartering, the group chartering is more important. I will step down tomorrow. 
actually I said I was going to step down that night because I was also over it. And he told me no. Um, so we had this whole list of where the vote was going to go. And there were some backdoor conversations that resulted in a conversation with the group that were trying to impeach me. And um, we came to a compromise. But if we hadn't, um, I had a couple brothers who were like whipping votes for me on the side and were like, it will fail. They have at max five people voting yes to impeach you. It's like, perfect. That's all I need to know. <laughs> and that was my chapter. That yeah. was that was what I, I came from and then decided to work for the international organization. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, <laughs> that is a lot, Terrell. That is, I feel like, I feel like presidents deal with their own set of things and so much that was that was a lot i feel like i'll yeah i'll just leave it there i was gonna say i'm sure you felt this don't let me talk about when i got voted in and the hell on earth that i had to deal with trying to bring the chapter back together after Mm -hmm. the vote Mm -hmm. but even Mm -hmm. even beyond that the amount of shit that my predecessor left Left. on my table Mm -hmm. without telling me until Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. I will never forget Mm -hmm. the president before me looking me in my eyes right after I'd just taken that like beautiful picture that you always take put on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) Um, and being like, Hey, this, this, and this is all happening. My cabinet decided to wait because we knew you guys were about to get voted in. Have fun. Mind you, we got voted in right before Thanksgiving break. And then after Thanksgiving break, we had one weekend. We're going into the finals. I had to remove two brothers in my first two meetings as president. Yeah. So, yeah, presidents go through a lot. And it does. There's always this issue of um, romanticizing or just lifting up the person beforehand because you remember the good things and not the bad things, or you just don't know what was happening because they weren't telling you that, that um, that part, that part, that it, it, the amount of thanks and gratitude and encouragement that every president should get to understand that they're walking into something that no one's prepared for is just insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can have a whole presence conversation. We, now. <laughs> we could. We'll save it. We'll save it. Um, <laughs> but let's get into some classic shit. Okay, so uh, Terrell, you have a song for this segment. What is that yes. song, and what are some lyrics that stand out to you about it? So when you sent this to me initially, I panicked. I will not lie. I was like, "Oh God, who am I gonna pick?" Am I going to do WAP? Because, like, it's controversial right now. Also, like, yes. it's a mood. Yes. <laughs> yes. But then I was like, but Lemonade and Beyonce. I got to do that. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Do I? Can I pick something? And I was like, maybe her, because she does, like, all these really great songs. Uh-huh. But ended up, like, trying to circumvent and cheat you a little bit. Okay. And Call Out So Done by Alicia Keys. Okay. And Khaled. Okay. Love Khaled. Love Alicia Keys. She's like going back to her roots, so I'm really feeling it. I like that. Yeah, I like mm-hmm, that too. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics as they go, because I'm so, so done. Guarding my tongue, holding my back. I'm living the way that I want, because I'm so, so done. Biting myself, going through hell, living the way I want. 
I'm living the way that I want. I'm living the way that I want. I'm living the way that I want. And um, obviously this came out yesterday and that's when I heard it. Oh, okay. And I think it fits a lot to some of the conversations we're going to have today, but also the mood that is 2020. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As I'm sure you can relate to as an mm-hmm. African American male, the country decided to wake up and realize that black people existed. <laughs> no, they decided to realize that racism exists. That true, true. <laughs> they always knew we existed, but they thought, they, oh, they, it's a, y'all got the same lives. Everything's fine for you, right? <laughs> and then, lo and behold, another black person dies, and they're like, oh my God, is this what you go through all the time? How do you then, survive? And then, Black Square. Oh, God. I, that, ooh, oh. <laughs> Leading up to that, and you saw this because I remember you commented. I kept saying, hey, y'all all are about to post these black squares all over social media. If you do it, do spend that day doing something relevant or yeah. putting your caption like why you're doing it. Don't just post the black square. Also be mindful that the way all social media works now is just because you post it doesn't mean like that one hour that everyone decided to post, it's going to pop up. No, the way algorithms work is the minute you like it, they're all going to be there. So now you're drowning out the whole message that we're trying to, mm, mm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so done. See, mm-hmm. this is why, <laughs> this is why. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just felt that song fit a lot to where we are in when, 2020 when you said so done i thought of monica's so done also good song uh oh so wanna love to love you baby <laughs> i'm so done so <laughs> you make you make have you been in your feels lately you got this song down like to the t <laughs> i love my i love that album after the storm i used to listen to it on on the cd player i used to play it on repeat i love that album the tiktoks of people singing to mary j blige are like my 10-year-old self blurting out these lyrics like I went through something. Monica's another one of those people. Monica, Keisha Cole, and all Alicia of them, where Keys. I'm like... And Alicia Keys. And yeah. Alicia Keys, where I'm like, why was I so into this? Like, like I had really gone through something. Like, I lost the love of my life. I've been evicted. Yeah. Somebody done told me that I ain't nobody no more. I can't find a job. I was like, I was in middle school. The worst drama I had was someone didn't respond to my text message. Yeah. Yeah. Or you fell out of someone's top friends on MySpace. That one did hurt. That was pretty deep. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole MySpace top friend thing was... uh, I was going to say, is this too old for you? Am I dating myself now? No, no. I think we're like... uh, Terrell, I think I'm older than you. You are not. When when are you born? When were you born? 94. Oh, okay. No. no. You always say this. You had the same conversation with me. We're like a few weeks. You're a few weeks older than me. We had the same conversation when I showed up to Montevallo and you're like, I'm probably older than you. And I was like, this is why you get so much shade. Cause I I was like, hold up. I think that's me trying to like dominate you. That's like a, like a power move probably. And I was like, "Mm -mm." first off, even if you were, you still ain't got this. Secondly, (laughs) I'm 94. Don't try me today. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, but we're okay. No, it yes. wasn't too too uh too it's too old for me. No. No. Well, I can yeah. hang in with with the with the with the mature folks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now you're just trying to make me feel old. <laughs> okay. So the song was So Done by Alicia Keys featuring Khaled. Yes. And is the part with with Okay, no, I'm thinking of DJ Khaled. Sorry. D- you need to get it together. I know, today. I know, I know, I know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and great was, song though. Very it much was. recommended. Okay, I'll have to. It seemed like every song people have, I haven't listened to, so I'm like, oh, I gotta go listen to that so I can like know what it is. So <laughs> I have to listen to that. You do. And that was some classic shit. All right, so this this is the moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drag some fraternity men. Oh, golly. Or fraternities in general. Fraternities in general. We don't even have to specifically call out the men, but we can. They all trash, too, myself yeah. included. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm including myself in the trashiness. Um, okay. Um, where where to start? So, I have in the notes. <laughs> the first note is straight white men. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. And straight I guess, white men who are like obsessed with each other and act yes. like they would end up being in a relationship. But the minute it get all no, there isn't even a minute where you're like, "Are you sure y'all aren't doing something?" And like back there, they're like, oh. like mm-hmm. one. Every fraternity has a deep ritual closet. Let's just put that out there and like make that well known. But two, straight white men do some of the gayest things. Yeah, really. <laughs> just like really. <sighs> um, there, yeah, there was like one time at like one of the brotherhood events where, you know, we did our brotherhood events where we would go hang at someone's house and then everyone would kind of like share nice things about each other but it was like usually the white dudes doing it because they like all like because they always in their feels they're always in their feelings they feel like everyone's attacking them and they also like really don't have anything to worry about in my opinion uh compared to what we were worrying about so like they were there crying and telling each other that they loved each other you're my best friend exactly oh my god you're gonna be my best man at the wedding i'm like please kill me i don't have this kind of emotion i ate my heart at a young age like can we move on but the gag is they're not friends no more but anyway yep um, always always but anyway at that same brotherhood event like me and my homegirls were having to drag like drag the fraternity because Oh, they God. let a racist white gay man into the fraternity and was just letting him say racist shit all the fucking time. Which one time. are we talking about? The one that tried to kill a new the one, man? The one that you like. <laughs> the one that you like. Okay, don't come for me for like... <laughs> don't come for me like that. I He like really could polish up and show up for people. I knew that. If you remember correctly, I had a conversation with you about why you need to get rid of him because I'm like, he just gonna play y'all all for fools. Lo and behold, fast forward, not even a full semester. He racked up a bunch of debt and then dropped the university only to sneak back and use somebody's some. Oh, my God. Oh, all these Montebello memories coming back to my mind. Child. Oh, child. 
But yes, we, we had to that 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 same brotherhood event where there was all this "I love you, man" stuff. Um, mm-hmm. After those people left, that's when the real conversation happened, or I would yep. say tried to happen. But then it was, of course, hushed and silenced, like it usually was. Was this the same time that y'all like had one side perfectly lit and the other side was dark? And y'all very clearly show like all the Ooh. white brothers were in the light. Oh, Terrell, were you there for? You weren't there for that. I didn't even. We we you weren't even full sec by that time. But yes, that did happen. But don't forget when I was field secretary and we had a couple conversations about race in your group. Um, mm-hmm. I came mm-hmm. into the chapter room that one time and literally all the black brothers were sitting on the one side that Ooh. didn't have the lights on. All the white brothers had all the lights on. I was like, huh. And there was like a perfect middle. And I think I was standing there too. I was just like looking yeah. at both of y'all. Like, <laughs> if this ain't a representation for this chapter. Wow. Um, I'm deviating though. Um, so I'm no, going to throw, no. <laughs> uh, throw out. If it imagery. Fair. I'm going to throw out an NSFW warning. It won't be that bad, but I'm just going to throw that out there for anyone on this. Um, same, but every time that happened, there was always always a situation where penises came out Hmm. and either it was like someone had to pee and then some another brother had to shake for that brother because he couldn't use his fucking hands um oh or just like sitting there like measuring each mm, mm, straight white men yeah I okay. I <laughs> actually, you know, I don't remember anyone having to hold anyone's penis, but I, I do. I do remember the whole crossing streams peeing. Oh together. my god, crossing like, streams! Yeah, like I did it like a couple times with people. Like there was one brother who, anytime he got intoxicated, he would not pee unless I was with him to cross oh. streams, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> how'd you feel know. yeah how'd i was literally like i don't have to pee right now so what you gonna do because uh, you, you know i'm sarcastic and just yeah. a mess so i'll be like just like what are you doing and it's like we gotta cross streams bro we gotta cross i'm like you um, were around some broy dudes though mine wanted to be broy but weren't actually broy want to be broy but you they were broy because actually- they were too busy hooking up with the bros so too busy what hooking up with the bros and the other chapters so yeah. well, that like kind of made some issues for them being broy oh uh, yeah because they were trying to be what they thought yeah what it was except they could the one who was clapping them they were like yeah. i want to be him in my chapter it just didn't work <laughs> yeah not at that school it's too it's too small it's too small y'all had yeah we can we'll say montevallo as a thing to itself um <laughs> that <laughs> mystical forest in the yes. woods that yes. made no sense yeah um straight white men in fraternities yes. yeah well okay i asked this question specifically because like that was something that when i was joining we went to the through a, the similar process mm-hmm. um where you know the well the expansion crew came and wanted to do an expansion there formed a chapter and i became one of the founding founding members of the colony at the time then the chapter um when i was first starting um i kind of 
realized that it was largely going to be a lot of straight white men. There were black brothers that I, of course, cling to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there but, were the closeted white men, which are a whole nother issue. But yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Sorry. There, am I going too? Am I going too deep no, now? Do I need no, to pull? No. Up? No. No. I want to go there. I, I definitely want to go there. You have been around a different breed of straight white men than I have because the straight white men, the straight white men that were that I've experienced, like they were more. Um, they weren't closet. Like they couldn't be closeted. You know. Like, like it was like you're straight, but it's like you know you're a little fruity. Mm. <laughs> like they were I, metro. Don't don't okay. call them fruity. They were metro. Metro. Okay. That's how we. That's that was the. I don't the like term that. I heard I a lot. I don't like that though. Like, call it what it is. You you a little curious, right? Like, you is that curious. too bad to say? But no, 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 no. I'm not curious. I'm just I'm just hanging out with my bros. Like, this is what <laughs> brothers do. Like. Uh, this anyway. is what we do <laughs> but yeah i was i was around you know I, I saw all of that and i was like oh can i actually be myself you know around these kind of men Mm-mm. um and and i i saw that i could but it was Mm-mm. just something that um like was in the back of my mind when i first started joining and possibly mm-hmm. that was in the back of my mind when I first started joining because I really didn't have a sense of myself and my sexuality at the time. So that's fair. Yeah. See, because I think for me, and this is also like an inherent bias of my own, but everything was political. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, can't be, can't be too aggressive yet. They're still trying to figure you out and mm-hmm. like place you this and that. So you were that like oh hundred percent. Okay, hundred huh. percent. I. So when we started, I joined as our philanthropy chair and did a couple things, got myself like recognized and people were like, oh, Terrell's obviously going to be on cabinet and let them nominate me actually the first time, then drop, rescinded my nomination and stayed in philanthropy for another year because I was like, this cabinet is not going to turn out the way that I needed to. So I'm just going to. Mm. um you was but, a smart girl mm-hmm. um but that was that was a lot of my experience of like race was just an issue for my chapter we mm. they got too conceited and thought that they were hot shit because we had a lot of black and brown brothers and we're like oh and we got an asian brother and da, 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 da. isn't isn't that funny how like that boosts all the time they're they're like, oh, just because look at how diverse we yeah. are look we welcome everyone meanwhile not even a semester later y'all are having a conversation about gay brothers but mm-hmm. i digress mm-hmm. um so like they got so into their their thoughts and thinking that they were being progressive while at the same time saying some real racist things yeah. to the point that we went from the most diverse chapter my into my freshman year, sophomore year, into my junior year, and every single black brother left my junior year except mm. for myself and my little. We only had myself, my little, one of my really good friends from high school, and t- my roommate. I think that was it. We went from like ha- maybe 40% of the chapter being mm. um, people of color to four people overnight Mm. 
Mm. And um, my, we never had that conversation. We just kind of let that go. And then coincidentally, I became president that next election. And it was like, oh, we don't have a problem. It's like Obama. They called me no, Obama. They my called me Obama, Obama too. You know, my brothers would call me Obama. And then after I was done from being president, um, they would say four, they would chant four more years. Four more me, years. Four more years. They would chant that. <laughs> they called me Obama. They made assassination jokes. Oh my God. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't get that. Oh my goodness. It also didn't help that my vice president was um I love him still to this day. And I've always told him, like, if I ever ran for office, you might be my vice president again. Just he was this white boy who was just down to earth, super humble, religious, conservative, all that jazz. So they were always like, look, it's it's Obama and Biden. Like Aww. that, that was, <laughs> why did my, I say, Aww. <laughs> that was my thing. And like, and I'm sure you relate to this. Like there became that question of, do you go against it or do you embrace it? And I, yeah. I own it. I embraced it. Mm-hmm. I, I still call my VP Biden every now and again, Aww. just like as a joke. Um, <laughs> oh, but no, yeah. there were a couple of times, like, especially right after I got elected, there was one brother who walked up and was like, do you need to be escorted out? And I went, excuse me. And he's like, I'm just saying like, you are president now you're a black president my was like are you making an assassination joke right now <laughs> but see like when you when you say it out and in the context and the people with the people like oh, it's yeah. like it's like it's less uh it, it's less scary than what i thought it was like yes. it's just like a it wasn't like a we're going to kill you it yeah. was a like you like very much making light to the situation of yeah. being black as a president where i'm like this says a lot um, but there were also conver- we had one brother. Um, one we had one brother who was going to be a cop, and they used to make jokes all the time about like police brutality a, and um, like so if he was, was ever. A, yeah, I went to a fun chapter. If he was ever, if he was ever to kill a black guy, it would probably be Terrell. Actually, my senior year um, paper plate award was most likely to be killed by a cop with. <laughs> His For name real. underneath it. Like, that was my oh, experience. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Such Are a... you, was that funny to you? Or what? How did you take that? If I'm being completely honest, that whole day was so stressful that I didn't care. Mm. <laughs> they gave me my paper plate, and I looked at it. I smirked, and then I put it somewhere and have it. I don't even know where it is to this day. I think I left it in my apartment. Um mm. But, like, that was one of the things. And then that brother, his was most likely to kill a black guy, I think. Or most likely to arrest a black guy. Something along those lines. Um, Like, (laughs) race was an issue that we just didn't address. Wow. To the point that the brothers of color used to always have a conversation about how we needed to recruit more. So, like, my little actually got really upset with me because they, after I graduated, um they had a couple recruitment classes and they ended up with another brother of color and i like made a joke of you only got one that wasn't the deal or something along those lines and he was like look i'm trying i was like i didn't mean that to come off as aggressively as i probably did um but that was genuinely a thing that we talked about in our chapter now there's only four of them they're all white they can't get a girl for their life they definitely can't get a guy if they want to so oh 
Sorry, I I'm still a little jaded by them. Oh, there's that. I mean, that's <laughs> understandable because um, yeah, those those are very blatant like experiences of <laughs> a certain kind yeah. of racism that yeah, I'm just really shocked at some of the quote unquote jokes that they made. One brother, <laughs> he got put in timeout, if you will. Um, Cause he told me that I, so what happened in 20, this had to be 2016. What happened in 2016? Who died in 2016? It's really awful to ask that question. Was that Trayvon? Mm-mm. Mike Brown? No, Trayvon was, it might've been Mike Brown. Yeah. Po- yeah. Yeah. Um. So after that situation, I, I, you know, I'm very outspoken. I said something. And this brother messaged me offline and was essentially like, why are you acting like black people have it so bad? And I went, um, and he's like, you're president of our chapter. You're going to school. You got a like scholarship that, that, that like listing out all of these things. And like, you're so privileged. Who are you to say that you understand or like you fit into this class? And I went, Urgh. Um, and then he went on a rant about like, my father has gone through these things. Like I experienced this da, 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 da. and essentially it was like, you're not, you're not black. You're too privileged to be black. So I don't understand why you're making these comments. Um, and that started on another like min- yeah. miniature civil war in my chapter because they were like, um, we don't want to defend him, but we also don't want to be involved. Um, mm. But like those, those were real experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. I thought I had a bad. I still had a bad, but not. You had a level. different type of bad. D- different, yeah. Because they yeah. like they didn't come to you with it. They very much treated the brothers in your organization like it, and then you had to like hear it from the black brothers of. And this one said that, and that one's doing this. And then you had to try to figure out how to step in and tell them. But then they would be like, they took it out of context. And you were like stuck in the middle where I very much was like, you're one of two black brothers here. So we're going to tell you how you, how it is. I don't, I don't think I, when I first joined, I was as like aware of racial tension or racial issues Mm -hmm. um, as like in my personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I really discovered in the chapter, at least, like how racism was functioning until maybe my second or third year of no, yeah, my I think it was my junior year. I was in school for five years, so my third year of school. Um, I I think that's when I started to really realize it. I mean, it took me a while, but then as I started connecting the dots, I was like, wait. Mm-hmm. this is this is racial what well, it was I, just a big awakening for me yeah i think you and i talked about this in our uh, you i and um will talked about this in our little in our chat yeah. like moving here Ooh, excuse me so backtracking i knew what was happening in the fraternity had a lot of racial tones but i also came from a suburban school district so mm-hmm. i mm-hmm 
and you, we've all talked about this a little bit, like my high school used to call a segment of our high school Africa because that's where black people congregated. Then mm-hmm. Europe was in a certain spot. Asia was the library, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was, yeah. So like when I moved to Idaho, a lot had happened in my life. I had dealt with a lot. I had gotten a more self-aware than I already was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a moment of reckoning for me of I had assimilated so well for so many years that I started to, and I remember explicitly you called me out for this because I brought it up. I was like, I let so many people off with so many things. I'm losing me as a, as an African American male, as a black person, I'm losing me mm-hmm. um, in relation to a friend who says some stuff. Um, <laughs> and that very much played into my, my fraternal experience, my, um, like, yeah, they said some stuff that was definitely off the wall. And there were moments where I reacted and I gave the appropriate response, but there were also the like Obama jokes that were awful or like, um, the, my, um, predecessor, he was a conservative and voted for Trump. Um, Mm. and when we had that election, there were three, candidates and because they had already played up the obama biden sense for my presidency they literally labeled one candidate hillary the my predecessor trump and then there was a third candidate that just kind of popped in that they were like eh, it's like jill stein um tr- like my predecessor the trump candidate ended up winning and it was like a very narrow margin and there was like then another conversation about um, why are we like, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, and I think about that a lot of if I, even for the things that I have done for the conversations I've had for the social justice work, I've been able to be a part of, if I hadn't assimilated, assimilated, how would my life be different? But also what things could I have actually impacted specifically in the fraternity? Yeah, I think I think a bit like hearing this story again, I think a bit of what was happening was that you were like trying to protect yourself. Like it was like oh, a, yeah. like a uh, defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't to me, I don't think there's anything you could have done differently. I think you figured I think you were like, OK, this is what I have to do here. I can't, you know, and then you waited until you could really, you know. Yeah. Let them have it. So to and speak. now all those yeah. brothers are like, Oh, we miss you so much. Yeah. Which I'm sure you're experiencing too. Cause like yeah. all, out of nowhere, even though they didn't ask us like, Oh, how are you doing after like mm-hmm. 2020 started and everyone cares about race, but all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, I miss you. You were like one of the best presents we've ever had. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't get all that. I just got one um, somewhat apology and this person hasn't spoken to me again, but, but he told me that he loved me. Guess cool. that, guess that counts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, um, okay. Hmm. So let's talk more specifically about, you know, homophobia in the fraternity um yeah let's let's talk about moments of that i can't i'm not really recalling any but it seems like you you have a a lot (laughs) so many like i said like 
if fraternities, I remember when I prepared for the show, I was like, I'm going to be political and try to like cover myself. I'm not going to be too upfront. And here we are. Um, if fraternities can own the fact that the overwhelming majority, let me rephrase this because this is something that annoys me about how we talk about fraternity and sorority life. If predominantly white fraternities, because mm-hmm. fraternities includes all of them, are mm-hmm. your divine nines, your multicultural, all that jazz. Stop calling it, oh, well, they're the traditional fraternity. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, if predominantly white fraternities can own the fact that the overwhelming majority of them were created before the Civil War, mm-hmm. and this is going to touch on the race, but it'll, it'll play into yeah. homophobia. Yeah. Um, were created before the Civil War, were created as another way for white men to be elite because they felt like they were average on their college campuses and for them to feel some sense of rebellion if, like, talking to a... Never mind. Um, (laughs) um, So if we could... If fraternities can own that basis and then start adding in some of the context of hey, do you really think that you would know if any of your founders were gay? Just because yeah. they married a woman does yeah. not mean that they were straight. Also, it doesn't mean that like they could be bi-curious. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, I could name a few organizations. Um, mm-hmm. If we could own that, just truly own that and stop keeping this white fragile mindset when it comes to these organizations that oh this group of six white guys came together in a cabin and there was an owl and they had this amazing realization that these are values that every person needs to have so they created this organization and then it set off this great blah 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 if we could just have a real true conversation about that I think we could move into such a different space. Yeah. I think to one of my undergraduate experiences, um, there's this institute called UIFI that the uh, fraternity sorority life members can attend. And one of the questions was asked, would your founders be proud of you today? The point of that question is to make people reflect on and see, are they living their values? Where aren't they living their their values and how can they be a, a change for their community? <laughs> I blindsided my um, chapter facilitators and was like, no, I was the only one to say no, actually. And they looked at me and were like, well, why not? Thinking I was going to say like, oh, you know, I rage. And I was like, I'm a black man. <laughs> my organization was created in 1848. No, my founders would not be proud of me. My founders would be upset to find out that they had an organization that magically started allowing people like me in. Mm-hmm. And it like, it caused a pause in my chapter. There, like a lot of people were like, we didn't even get that deep. And like, that's, that's where the homophobia comes in. We yeah. don't get that deep. Yeah. So you have brothers who are trying to figure out their identity, trying to figure out who they are, what they want. And they join this organization where, and I'm not saying all organizations are like this, but a good bulk have been lately, 
you join this organization that's like, well, MAGA. <laughs> How is a person of color, uh, a person in the LGBTQ plus community supposed to feel like they can show who they really are in that space? Mm-hmm. And then you have, I lean on some stories I told earlier, then you have the brothers who outwardly act in a way that people would deem homosexual and then say, well, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Not recognizing that there are a group of brothers who can't do that because if they did, they, would, they yeah. might they might be disowned from their home. Yeah. They might be kicked out of the fraternity or sorority. So if we could just break this chasm that our organizations were created out of this pure, white, perfect bullshit, maybe we drew, we genuinely could have some real conversations around sexuality in organizations, around not viewing this is going to touch my story, but not viewing the fact that, hey, yeah, this potential new member met one of the brothers on a dating app. They clearly didn't hit it off. So he was like, I like you as a person. I don't like you as a, as a partner. Yeah. So I want you to come to a fraternity event because oh. you might fit. Like, Oh, that was always messy for us. Oh, I know. But that was because none of your brothers knew how to keep it in their pants. True statement, me included. <laughs> are we talking about that trunk and that branch again? Or okay, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Your tree, your family tree. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue on. Continue on. Um, so, like, that's where I end up. And like, if I'm going to be completely honest, and like, this might end up getting me in some trouble, but. Um, Gays run fraternity story life. They mm-hmm. run the industry. Yeah. When I was a traveling consultant, I could count on maybe both my hands straight guys who were fraternity story life advisors. Wow. I was told when I thought about joining, becoming one, are you coming out? Is that what's happening right now? Because it is so atypical for a straight person to be in this industry. Mm. If that's not enough, Start looking at your executive directors as organizations. I'm not saying ours, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, you'll realize that a lot of them are. And what frustrate, what is so frustrating about it is it's the same bullshit that we deal with as black people of you got to be 10 times better, 20 times smarter, 18 times faster. Like, mm-hmm. And that is sexuality in fraternity and fraternity story life for predominantly white organizations. And it's frustrating. Do you think there'll ever be a point where fraternities and well, predominantly white fraternities start really addressing their history and talking more openly about the fact that maybe the founders possibly own enslaved people and like just having that be not like it i feel like we we didn't we didn't i feel like some of those conversations a lot of those conversations are limited because they don't want to paint them in a bad light or whatever um Mm -hmm. but it's like we need to know that because when people of color join when queer people join the organization we want to know that you know it can't there, just be that statement in pledge education that's like, and then the Civil War came and it was tragic for our organization. We lost 
half our membership and multiple chapters closed, it needs to be more robust. Yes. 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 Like, yeah, that, that is a very watered down history of the civil war. Like let's think about like, yeah, like just more, more to that because like, I would like want to know, you know, when did, when did our chapter have their first black member and what was that like? What was it like to, you know, 19 I want to say it was in the 1940s oh oh that was earlier than I thought it was going to be maybe maybe a little bit later so I can give like a quick little history lesson um so before before 1960 when we uh adopted the constitution bylaws so forth and so on to um include race color creed so forth there was a process for chapters to initiate people of color Mm -hmm. um it wasn't a good process but there was something so i i can at least say for our organization i and don't quote me on this i have to go and talk to some people and find out but i want to say we have one of our first brothers of color in the 40s it wasn't as late as i think a lot of people assume um but i do i do agree with you and i i think the present state of 2020 Mm -hmm. has forced organizations to own the fact that we like we know you were created in 19 or 19 in 1848 yeah you probably had some racist brothers and you already admitted you had brothers fight for the confederacy because they grew up in the south <laughs> we were a very southern fraternity at yeah. one point in time yeah you don't have to play around that it, yeah it's okay yeah own just it. yeah own, exactly own it educate everyone so that they can learn from the history um and just start having conversations about it. Because if you have that conversation, then you can have conversations about how race and sexuality and all in class and all these things Mm -hmm. relate to like their lives. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you started at the fraternity, the fraternity is a space to grow and learn with a group of men. If you started at the fraternity, start talking about the fraternity history in a realistic way, then they can then, you know, take and go, Oh, how does this relate to, you know, my life currently I, mm-hmm. I just think it would be such a great way of introducing college age people to those kind of conversations um and i think it's kind of a missed opportunity when there is this whitewashing and there's a pun whitewashing <laughs> of you know the fraternity history i was gonna say speaking of us talking about all of this of course uh Montevallo brother who tend to like a little chocolate just shared one of my posts on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but Very specific. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I agree. I think like I think the issue is that white fragility. Mm. So I think one, there's a realization that, oh wow, the people of color who joined our organization actually already knew this go figure shock but the white brothers didn't for whatever reason um but there's also this this chasm or this fear that opening that box is going to let out so much more than they can handle and i respect that i understand that there is a there is a sense of frustration 
that comes with not painting your organization in the best light. There's also that fear that, again, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, there's also that fear that by doing this, you're going to lose that grad brother who mm. says the N-word behind closed doors, uh, but also is one of the bigger donors for your yeah. organization. Okay. Okay. So there's there's a yeah. lot of things Factor. that play yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I, there's an organization that before they allowed um, all men, if you will, they chapters wrote and sent in applications, if you will, for brothers of color to the national board um, to be approved or denied and had to explain how the brother met or fit into the organization, how they showed their values, why this was important to the chapter, what the chapter vote was, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not an easy thing to say that there was a real conscious racism in a certain period of time where your organization did not just willingly allow chapters to accept them, but your national board had to play in. But then also you have to think about the fact that this all is template templated over the country and what the state of the country were. So you have these chapters who want, wanted it and you have these national organizations who are stepping in because they're trying to be conscious because let us not forget, there was a time and place where you and I couldn't marry someone who was outside of our race. Yeah. There was a time and place where, specifically in all these organizations, we were still property. Like, mm-hmm. so there's there's just, there's a fragility in owning that, but there's also a fragility and fear in owning that. But there's also a fear in how do we talk about this when the country just started talking about it? How do yeah. we set the wheels in motion for a country that still is trying to find the keys to start the engine? They ain't never gonna find them damn keys, <laughs> and they they ride on the counter too. That's the funny part. They really were They're right they on the ne- counter. They've never been hidden, but when you don't have your mammy to <laughs> clean up the house and show you where the keys are, I guess it's a little bit more difficult than normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> what advice would you have for someone who is? of color or a queer person or a queer person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you have for them if they decided to join a predominantly white fraternity? Do it. And this is me coming off very much as a, a person who likes to cha- challenge the status quo. Mm-hmm. Do it. If, if you can find an organization that resonates around what you want and you can show who you are, do it. If you can find an organization that has what you want, but you can't show who you are, do it. Because even though that last part is an awful ask and incredibly daunting, it's those individuals who end up becoming the executive directors of the national organization and moving the organization in a better direction. It's those individuals who end up uplifting their chapter in such a way that the organization itself 
can't help but put you on the cover of something or talk about you in circles and that message is heard and and those racist brothers that i mentioned beforehand learn that it's either they speak up and own the fact that they are racist or they shut up and disappear Hmm. and that's not a good thing to say about brothers don't get me wrong but Sometimes that needs to happen. Yeah. And I've seen it plenty. I love how we just sat here and drag fraternities the whole time. And then when I say some advice on people who <laughs> want to join fraternities, do it. <laughs> Experience it all. <laughs> drag what? I didn't drag any fraternities. No, I mean... I think oh, no, we were talking. Yeah, no, I, I completely know what I completely know what you mean, and I. Oh, agree. okay, okay. No, I was just being like I was trying to be sarcastic. Like, I don't know uh, what you're talking about. We I didn't come anything. across. Okay, yeah, uh, but I, I mean, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Um, you, it won't be sunshine, butterflies, and rainbows, or maybe it will be like. My yeah, experience is yeah. different than yours was. But yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. There's something about... I'm going to put it this way, actually. If you are a male or someone who identifies as a male listening to this, whether you're a person of color or queer, there is a resilience about you as a person that these fraternities were created for. There is a passion about you as a person to learn and grow, figure out who you are, find out who you are, make connections, build relationships, change the entire system and the whole fucking world. That is what these organizations were created for. While that experience might not give you everything that you were hoping in that moment, to not join out of that fear and this is going to sound harsh but deal to not join out of that fear is a disrespect to you and a disrespect to the community that you are a part of and a disrespect to just who who these things were supposed to serve yeah so yeah i'm gonna tell it like it is and own it i've had plenty of conversations with brothers of color around dealing with that i've had conversations with brothers who were trying to figure out how to come out to their chapter it's not easy yeah but there is a resilience embedded in the ancestry of all those people that we've seen the learning that we've had the understanding that this country and a lot of its people have never seen us as us that yeah, you're going to face some challenges, but it ain't going to be nothing new that you haven't dealt with before. Yeah. Just real quick, our fraternity, um, trans men can join our chapters, right? Is that, I think I remember, or no? Yes. Okay. Is that, yes. is that, is that, is that like a common thing now that trans men can join fraternities or is it just a few okay just a few and it is very um this also is a whole yeah thing um it 
it is not widespread. There are a few organizations who are doing it. There are some who are doing it very well. There are some who aren't doing it well. Mm. Excuse me. Um, and there's a, as I just had this whole conversation about be who you are, there is, excuse me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, there is this issue with ident- identity and um, mm. gender that play into that conversation. And mm. again, don't get myself in trouble, but that is something that the NIC needs to step up and own that pushing this whole single sex legislation BS is not yeah. just is not justifiable. You can be a single sex organization and still include trans people. Yeah. Now, is every chapter going to do it just because something changes? Absolutely not. Yeah. Several chapters I can think of right now barely have any black people. Um, <laughs> but for a collection of organizations to be actively fighting for single sex legislation because they view not being single sex as a threat to their existence is an old antiquated logic that needs to be addressed and talked about. And an understanding that just like in 1848, when I was property and couldn't join, there needs to be an understanding that gender and sexuality were not something that our founders or any of our organizations really took into consideration. What they did take into consideration was that there are a group of people who show friendship, service, knowledge, morality, and excellence. And those were the people that they wanted in this organization. Fiji is a great example because while we didn't allow a female to join, though we came really, really close, we helped a group of females start an organization modeled after ours. So there is a moment in time where and that's a All lovely history there. That's a lovely history there. Just yeah. thinking about, you know, I don't know. I don't want to call it progressive, but it's against the mold. Yeah. Yeah. And we aren't the only organization to do that. There's multiple organizations that have hmm. sister sororities, even though they aren't technically supposed to anymore, but that is what it is. Yeah. Um, but like that, that in itself, if NIC, NPC, well, Sororities have gotten a little bit better about this. But if NIC could just get their heads out of their ass and own the fact that the idea that single sex has to mean that your birth certificate said male is old and antiquated, yeah, we would be in a better place. We would not be experiencing an abolished Greek life movement right now. We would not be wondering if we're going to survive a pandemic because we as organizations actually leaned on our values, our ritual, all the crap that we send all of our students to go to, to be like, this is what you're supposed to be. We as organizations actually stepped up and leaned on that and moved forward rather than being stuck in this old traditional mindset and putting ourselves at risk of being closed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a lively conversation. (laughs) I enjoyed it very much. Um, so now we've come to the end of the show the part of the show I like to call so done (laughs) and that's a theme in this episode so done Um, (laughs) 
And it's basically the part of the show where you can talk about what annoyed you for the week. So, Terrell. You want me to start? You sure? You sure? (laughs) Let me get my line out, girl. Terrell, what are you so done with? Oh God! Do I just read off the list at this point? <laughs> take it, take it. However, you got to take it. Take this. Um, I am so done with Donald J. Trump because mm-hmm. if I have to hear one more birther conspiracy theory, I am literally going to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm so done with white liberals because if I have to hear one more time why Joe Biden can't be voted for, also going to lose my mind because you and I are literally at risk if he doesn't win the election. Yeah. If I have to listen to another Pizzagate save our children conspiracy, I'm actually going to just... Mm, um, mm, it just momentary pause. If you can really think that the entire country, the United States, was set up on a conspiracy to send children and put them in trafficking, and it never came out until magically Donald J. Trump became president and somehow released it, even though he was at the same place that all these people were supposed to be at, but his name's magically missing from all your documents. Mm -hmm. You are a idiot, a fool, and do not deserve the right to vote or be a part of any conversation because human trafficking is an issue. It is something that we should be concerned about. But you trying to politicize and make it about liberals and them all being arrested or hating the liberal elite or trying to pull and piece together all of these random toys that your children play with and say that they're hypersexualized because you're putting your adult mindset on a child toy. Mm. Those are the issues. You need to just take a step back and turn off Fox News for 10 seconds and maybe learn how to read at the same time. As you can tell, that one I'm really done with. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and then just like generally racism in general, because again, that's just something that we deal with, but also has progressively gotten worse. As I just found out, one of the cities in my home state broke out into a riot because the good old boys decided they wanted to protest. And when the black people peacefully were sitting on the side, staging a counter protest, all the good old boys walked over and kicked them and punched them. And then were shocked when the black people stood up and started punching back. Oh my goodness. So yeah, those are the four things I'm done with. Right. That's a lot. I I thought you would have went more in on the politics side of it. You were like, you didn't put politics on here. You know I'm going to bring it up. See, I'm trying to be good. I'm just trying to be good. I I gave very nice bullet points. I'll let you be good. Okay, I'm not going to try to bring it out of you this time. This time. I'm sure Um, I'll text you after this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It'll it'll be, yeah, it'll be just for me then. Um, Okay. So you're done. Those are your yes. bullet points. You're those done. are my. Those are mine. Okay. I think what I'm so done with this week is just the internet itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we very much live in a culture where people don't think; they just react. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no. It's like everything is so immediate. I'm talking. I guess I'm talking specifically on Twitter. Everything is so immediate. You want to like react to something right then and there Mm -hmm. um, without taking a step back and like just being like, oh, why is this happening? Like what? Like just critically thinking there. There's just a lot, a a huge lack of of critical 
thinking, self-reflection, thinking for yourself. Um, and I think the internet has a huge part of why people mm-hmm. don't do that. Um, and so I, I think I think I'll talk more specifically, like people are mad at Angela Davis because she supported Joe Biden. Yep. And they're saying that like, you know, uh, considering all the things she wrote about, she's a hypocrite and just all of these like nasty things about her. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like this is just too much. I don't even have a, I don't even have an opinion on like that whole thing, but I'm not going to like, you know, say all these terrible things about her just because I, she, she, uh, just because like, I disagree with her or something like I'm just mm-hmm. not gonna do that and I think what it ends up doing is just like really devaluing a a, a very well-known civil rights activist yep. <laughs> um, without them maybe with or without them knowing that mm-hmm. um, so like yeah I just think you know the internet I'm so done with the internet and just this like reactionary just yeah stuff mm-hmm. Gen Z as a whole, just let them go. But Terrell, Z X, whatever they are. I think it's Z. Yeah, Yeah. just let them go. They're gonna run the country one day. Unfortunately, like like, yeah, like what? Like imagine a Zen, a a Zen Z president. (laughs) Imagine Z president. Yeah, yeah. I don't imagine. Like eventually, eventually, one of them is gonna be the president. Yeah. Once we're very, very old, a Gen exactly. Z person is going to be a president. Imagine how they're going to, you know, do things. I guess it couldn't be, you know, the current president, the bar is set so, you so know, low. low, like I, anything else would be better, but still. Although it'll be very interesting to see them be like, oh, Congress doesn't want to pass my pass my budget. They're canceled because that'll just be like humorous <laughs> for me. <laughs> I hope look at you cancel. Look at you canceling a whole body of the government. Good job, Gen Z. <laughs> I really hope that happens. I really hope I live to experience that happening. <laughs> Can it really be worse than what we're going through now? No, no I, I think we're I think we're very prepared for a Gen Z a Gen Z presidency. Ooh, that all. It all, had, it all kind of rhymed. Gen Z <laughs> presidency. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yes. Um, Terrell, thank you so much for coming on. This was very pleasant, which I am shocked by. <gasps> um, you really trying. <laughs> I guess I, so I guess nice, I this do. whole call. I guess, this whole call. I guess because you're like, you're like, being nice i have to try to like sneak in a few because you're not on you know the level that you usually are on oh i think that's what i'm doing but i don't want you to drag me on my own podcast Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna keep going on i'm not on oh honey i never leave that level (laughs) you just finally looking up and seeing what it's like up here don't yeah oh okay 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 i'm just gonna you know pull it back i'm gonna pull it back um um okay (laughs) i almost got dragged oh okay anyway um all right terrell thank you so much for being a part of this conversation it was really cool to hear more about your um interesting experience in your fraternity um 
yeah and yeah thank you guys for listening to this conversation you can follow the podcast on twitter and instagram at go black boy go and you can follow terrell at oh are they gonna follow me um ain't underscore thinking on instagram and twitter all right and once again terrell thank you for having this conversation with me and thank you guys for listening see you next time look at you canceling a whole body of the government good job (laughs) gen z